Welcome to the Unbound Healing Podcast. I'm Anne-Marie Garland, nutritional therapist and health coach at Grassfed Salsa. And with me is my co-host, Michelle Hoover, certified nutritional therapy practitioner and writer of everything you'll find at Unbound Wellness. Here we share everything about overcoming health challenges from autoimmunity to hormone imbalance and more with holistic living, mindset shifts, practical tips, and a real food paleo approach. Remember our disclaimer, the content within this podcast is intended to provide general information and is not to be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Now let's get on with the show. How are you doing, Anne? Doing good. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Gigi will be about a month old. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. Do you, so when we're recording this, you're still pregnant. Do you like feel like a mom yet or is it like not, not there? No, I mean, I'm a mom. You know what I mean? Like, so I had my first miscarriage at 14 weeks and that was really, don't get me wrong. It was really, really hard, but something happened at like 16 weeks with this this pregnancy where the love that I had for the baby was like so much more intense than I ever yeah. had with the first one. And so I think there was like your body almost like kind of protects you from feeling that intensity until later on in your pregnancy, which is maybe a good thing, at least for me. I don't know if yeah. that's the case for everyone. So I felt like the intense love for the baby, but I don't feel like a mother yet. Yeah. I feel like that's a weird, I mean, everybody experiences that differently, but I know for me, if it were me, I'm like, I don't, I just feel like pregnant, not like a mom yet, but you'll start to feel like one real quick. You'll feel a hundred percent by the time this comes out. (laughs) Yeah. That will be your new title. It's yeah. The weirdest thing, just thinking like there is literally a human inside me, which How does everybody get like every single person on the universe was born through this? It's just so insane to me. It is. It's an amazing, beautiful thing. Um, I think that you follow her too on Instagram. Um, Elsie something. Oh, Elsie Larson from a beautiful. Yeah. 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 Follow her too. Adopted. And a cutest little girl. So she just adopted and like I've been following. And I told Daniel, like we went to go see Star Wars this weekend. Like, imagine if we like just adopted a baby. And then it's like, uh, we can't go see Star Wars now. Like we can't do that. We can't like our your life just changes and like everything is different. So it's, you know, kind of I mean, it's the same thing when you get married, when you get a new job, whatever, but with a baby, it's totally different. So it's exciting, but just it's a big, huge deal. So, yeah, I know it's, I, it may sound bad. Like I feel like everybody else, when they're at this point in their pregnancy, I hear them say like, Oh, I'm just so ready to be done being pregnant. And there are symptoms of pregnancy that I'm so ready to be done with. Yeah. But to be honest, I don't have that feeling of like, I mean, I'm so excited to meet her. Don't get me wrong. And this may sound bad, but like, I don't have that same, like, I can't wait for this to happen. It's just like, I'm trying to really enjoy everything about 
not having a kid right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to enjoy the process of being pregnant too. I think that that's, yeah, I would, I would think that that's not something you want to rush either because that's a very temporary and very special stage of life. So yeah. Savoring it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, do you have any updates before we go into what you're loving? I don't really have any updates this far out from when we're recording. Um, there's a lot going on with you follow with me, follow along with me in real time. I will have given lots of announcements and said lots of things by now. So <laughs> slide into my Instagram and blog and everything. If you're behind on anything, there's good stuff going on there. But as far as what I'm loving, this is something that I've been into for a while. <laughs> And uh, I was like, I don't even want to mention it on the podcast because I don't even know if it's anything that anybody can relate to, but you can, and it is so much fun. So there's this podcast that I listen to called My Favorite Murder, and that's like one of my favorite podcasts. And one of the hosts, she has a cat, and it's a very like cat oriented um, podcast as well. So there is a Facebook group. People that listen to My Favorite Murder, they call themselves Murderinos. There's a Facebook group called Meowderinos. So you want to listen to My Favorite Murder to be a part of it. Like I wouldn't just join because you would be kind of out of place. But oh my gosh, it's literally just people posting everything and anything about their cats. And that is just my favorite because I'm on the computer working all the time. So every time I'm, you know, sitting down working, I am, you know, my head is in a space of work, 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 go, go, go. So I just love that, you know, people posting funny videos and funny pictures and sad stories and happy stories. And it's just like, I could sit and like just scroll through there and cry and laugh and like fall in love with kittens. But I post so many pictures of my cat. I've posted so many like paragraphs of advice. Like it's crazy how active I am in this group. It's so funny. It's so fun. Like there are certain people that just post their cats over and over and they're like celebrities. Some of them are just like, just post another picture of this one and that. Like it's, it's so much fun. So if you, I, I feel like a lot of us listening to this podcast are probably part of Facebook groups like AIP supporter, like my gut healing support Facebook group or our Facebook group. So you're probably part of some sort of like health oriented thing and that's great and that's helpful, but it's also very serious. So find yourself a really just like fun, stupid one (laughs) to be in community with people in just a fun, silly way. And it just brings me so much joy to have those moments in my day. Dear Lord, I need to find a group that I that I get that much joy from and can be that active in because I'm I do not have that in my life. And yeah. Facebook is kind of a dark place for me because of it. Yeah. I mean it's it's always a you know push pull with people is like, oh, is social media a positive thing or a negative thing? And it's both for sure. But that is one of the positives in my life with it for sure. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go into today's topic. So we are going to cover traveling while following a healing diet. Yeah. Michelle's kind of the expert on this. I'm really into this. And 
I don't know if I'm a, I feel like I've just become more of a travel person, especially in 2017. Dale and I were counting how many places we went and I went and it was just kind of crazy and weird, but I don't know. You don't have to have a lot of money or even a lot of time to travel. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of ways to make travel a lot cheaper. And we did a lot of road trips. We did a lot of really cheap trips, stuff like that. And um, every time I go, I definitely prepare food and things like that. And uh, I think that that's what we want to start out talking about. And I think that you'll be really great sharing your insight on this because you have a lot more of like a balance when you travel of like healing diet versus like indulgence, like don't just eat collagen packets all the time. (laughs) And like I travel. So do you want to talk about, so I I feel like first we have to establish that we're going to be talking a lot about okay, how to travel on a healing diet and bring food and navigate, you know, not indulging in certain foods that will make you feel poorly. And the way that I approach this is if I eat, um, you know, something at a restaurant that was fried in a certain oil or, um, is something that was like cross contaminated, usually I tend to feel pretty bad. And that will take away from my trip. And I am on a trip or I am on a business trip or a vacation or whatever to be there and experience it. So I'm not there to just like eat these French fries one time and then have it ruin me. I would much rather still eat within the parameters of how I feel good the majority of the time rather than like indulge and regret it and feel bad. That's not to say that I don't indulge within certain parameters. Like when I was in, uh, we were in, we went to Orlando earlier in the spring, Daniel had a work trip and then I just, so he had his flight and had a hotel and stuff like that. So I just bought a cheap flight to go meet him there. We went and hung out in Orlando while he was working. And we went to uh, like downtown Disney or whatever it is. Disney Springs is what they call it now. And when I was in Italy, I ate a lot of dairy gelato and I was fine eating that. Like it's just different in Europe. Um, and we can talk about that later too. But when I was here in the U S they had like gelato that's like in Orlando, they had gelato that said that it was from imported from Italy. I was like, Oh my gosh, like dairy gelato, like which full of sugar and dairy. And I ate it like, and I was, I was fine. I didn't die. I didn't have any terrible reactions or anything. So I do. And I don't know if I would necessarily do that all the time at home. So I do find little places to indulge, but for me, mostly it is still pretty AIP template when I travel. But what about you? I think it's important to, at the time, if you can, prior to traveling, be able to go through a reintroduction phase so that you know how much leeway you can have with your healing protocol, whatever it is that you're following. And so when I do travel, I still stick to my besties, acquaintances, and enemies list. I won't eat. Well, I mean, that's like, that's why you create those lists. So if there is an enemy, it's something that you always want to stay away from. So for me, that's gluten. 
is basically one of my only enemies. Um, but then there are also some other things like nightshade vegetables that I know make me feel really terrible. So I try to avoid those at all costs. And then there are a few other types of foods that can lean into my healing diet on occasion, but just for special occasions. And to me, travel is one of those occasions. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the reason why I feel that way is because I, when I actually do travel, which is so, so rare, most of the time I'm either traveling to visit my family or James's family. And that's like it. So if I do travel, like take a vacation, I want it to really feel like a vacation and not feel like a stressor for me. Mm -hmm. And if you do enough prep work ahead of time, which is what we're going to give you tips on today, then it won't feel like a stressor to you to have to follow a healing diet with 100% compliance. But for me, I don't have to be that strict with my diet. So it's nice to be able to give myself a little bit more leeway with my diet compared to what I would have at home while still sticking to my guns on a few select foods. So that's kind of my balance when traveling. Important for people to not feel like they're, they need to be super restricted if they don't have to. Um, But yeah, if you are like 100% still on a healing diet, there is also ways to travel. Yeah, there's still hope. It just takes a little more prep time in advance. And that's the biggest key is to do it in advance so that you don't have to stress about it while you're on vacation. And one really cool thing to think about there is a lot of people will find that they are able to tolerate more flexibility in their diet when they are on vacation because they are relaxed. They Mm -hmm. don't have like the daily stressors that they have in their work life and their home life and everything. 110%. When I was in New York recently, I had, uh, I went to spring bone and I ate on their paleo bun and it had egg whites in it. And I have egg whites at home and it wrecks my digestion, but I was like, whatever, this looks so good. Like, I just want this. And I ate it and I felt totally fine. Like it didn't wreck my digestion at all. I mean, I don't know if I ate that at home. Like I, I don't know, but I was just sitting there and I was just smiling ear to ear and I just loved it so much. And I really, you know, the mental state that you're in really has a huge impact. And honestly, a lot of the time when you're at least for me, I feel like the things that are on, you know, like the enemies, besties, acquaintances list, like the things that are like my acquaintances or things that don't make me like super, super sick. I feel like if I avoid them for like a really long time and I have just like a little bit randomly, it usually doesn't wreck me. Something like nightshades, it'll wreck me no matter what. So yeah, it's the same kind of system. So knowing things like, okay, this won't totally wreck me. And if I have it just once during this vacation, it'll be fine. But if I eat it every single day, like probably not. So moderation, I think is really important. Yeah. Going in with a plan for sure on how I actually have like a at the, in phase three of my online program, there's like creating your own moderation schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. It's like, okay, I can get away with this at special occasions, but if it's like the entire month is a special occasion, then I can get away with it like a couple times, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. When I was in Italy, 
um, when I studied abroad, I was like, oh, I'm going to eat a little bit of pizza. Like this is a long time ago. I'm going to eat a little bit of tomato, a little bit of dairy. Like I would eat those things like once and I would feel fine. Like I would feel okay. Um, a lot of people report that, that eating in Europe, they don't feel as bad of reactions as they do in the U S. However, when you're a college student, that's like, oh my gosh, like food is my, like alcohol for a college student. Like I did not drink there at all. I was just like, give me all the gelato and the cannolis and the pizza. Eventually it started really getting to me. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I can do it once and I can be okay. And then just really work on, you know, restoring after, um, but doing it all the time. Yeah. I think that's important. Just the moderation thing. Well, and it can be a slippery slope too, where if you're allowing it too much, these foods that you don't typically eat too much into your diet while on vacation, it's going to be really hard to go back home and go back to a hundred percent compliance again. But if you do it just on special occasions and you really think about like, this is going to be a mindful act. I'm doing this. I know that I'm going to be eating this food. I'm planning it ahead of time. Then you're just going to be a lot more intentional and indulgent about it and really like savoring it rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, this is like a daily gelato thing. And I'm going to have gelato for breakfast. And exactly. Oh, I did that. (laughs) And you work really hard to take those vacations again, because for me, when I'm in Italy, I can tolerate so much more than I can in the U S and a lot of my hard work in life is constantly just getting back to Italy. Let's get into some practical tips. So we're going to start talking about accommodations and like air travel, and then we'll move into food and food accessories and stuff like that. Do you want to start talking about accommodations? Yeah, these are, so a couple tips that we have here is to my personally, I prefer to travel in a place that'll have a kitchen. So Mm -hmm. finding an Airbnb or a VBRO, Um, Those are two different websites that you can go to. We'll link to them. And you can search for like proximity to grocery stores, farmers markets, restaurants that you want to eat at, and then also make sure that there is a kitchen there. And these can be like very cost effective. So they're like comparable to a hotel. A lot of times. Yeah. yeah, um, A lot of times it's more comfortable than a hotel because when you like it's a house that or a room or an apartment or something that somebody is staying like has furnished specifically for living in. So it has all of these modern amenities that a hotel just doesn't have. But if you do need to stay in a hotel, let's say you're going for a work trip or that's just what you prefer, then making sure that there is a fridge or they can bring a fridge to your hotel room like a mini fridge. Mm -hmm. That's going to be good for storing proteins if you do go on a grocery trip or farmer's market. And again, making sure that when you're selecting these places, not just looking for fridge or kitchen access, but researching the proximity of the location that you're staying to places that'll make it easier for you to find compliant foods. And my favorite is always going to be farmer's markets because a lot of times you'll, you won't be familiar with the grocery store chains that are located in that area. Like 
when I moved to Texas, I had no idea what HEB was and if it was going to be like healthier or not healthier. There's like Dillon's in Kansas, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know about. And so you may not know, like, is this place going to have anything that's compliant? But with farmer's markets, there's at least fresh produce. Mm -hmm. Um, There's going to be some type of locally sourced proteins options. And a lot of times they're going to have some type of like crunchy or hippie options that you can choose. And then you're also getting immersed in the local culture. So it's just a win-win. For sure. For me, I always look for a Whole Foods, which is not as, I love farmer's markets too, but for when I'm traveling, it's usually like if I get in, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, I want to be able to be like, okay, can I go and stop and get prosciutto or something like that? I like that. But these, I've also stayed in hotel rooms that, so the, the hardest trip that I went on without a fridge and stuff was when I went to Indonesia. And I didn't have any fridge. I didn't have any way to bring food over there because it was like a 48-hour flight. So you don't always have to have a fridge. It's a nice option if you can, but it's not like, oh, I can't survive without this. So we'll get into some more food-specific things. But as far as airplane travel. So some things to remember. Number one, I've seen so much misinformation about this stuff online. You can bring food on a plane. You can go through security with food. You can bring frozen liquid. So I've seen people online, like in Facebook groups and wherever they're like, and they just immediately say like, you can't bring food. It's contraband. Like that's not right. Like, I don't know where these people are getting this information and they're just scaring people away, but you can bring food. I do it all the time. You're probably going to get stopped and they're going to be like, why do you have all this tuna or some, like it's, you're going to have a little bit of a hard time, but I've really never not been able to get through with food. So you can bring things. Um, you just have to have, if you, if you have like ice packs or liquids, it just has to be completely frozen when you go through security. It doesn't matter if it thaws when you get through there. Like nobody's going to recheck your bag before you get on the plane or when you're on the plane. As long as it's frozen when you go through security, it's fine. Um, So that's a good option to do that. The one thing that I would say about that is you obviously still want to be just kind of cognizant about the liquids that you do bring. So a lot of the time people will try to bring like coconut oil or ghee and they'll get kind of iffy about that. Um, They will usually stop if you have something like that. Um, So I would be careful with that. Something else that I've had before, I only had this happen to me once, but I was bringing, I believe it was tuna and like there were, they heard the water in the can and they're like, oh, well you can't bring that because it's got water in here. So we're throwing that out. So that was the only time that that happened. But yeah, if you're just bringing like chips and prosciutto and Epic bars, you're fine. The only thing that you want to think about is customs. So if you're going through customs somewhere, um, like if you're going into another country, you just want to check online. There's a customs website or something or the airline that you're traveling where it will say like, okay, if you're going to this country, this is what they do and do not allow. Um, And I'll tell you from traveling that 
the hardest customs to get through is the U.S. Like, and I'm a U.S. citizen. And every time that I travel, it's always the hardest one. Like that's the one that takes the longest everywhere else. I've had a really easy time bringing epic bars and sardines. I've gone to Europe and Asia and I've just kind of walked through very easily. So coming back to the U.S., I've had to be like, okay, I need to eat all this stuff before I go through customs. But other than that, um, you definitely can bring food on an airplane. The next one we're going to talk about, so food accessories. I'll talk about my favorite ones. So mini crock pot. I was stopped with that one time. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to travel with. And it's what it sounds like. You can go on Amazon and just search mini crock pot. And that's really great. If you're freezing soups, you can reheat it in there. It does not cook things, but it reheats. So I went to Vegas this past year too for work and I was sick like right before I left and I just froze a bunch of soups and took the mini crock pot and I was happy, but they stopped me with that once as well because they were like, is that a pressure cooker? I'm like, no, it's a crock pot. And like they took it apart and they patted it down and everything and they're like, okay, I guess it's fine. So that one was, if you really like it, you may want to have to check it. Um, but that was the only time where they, only once they were a little weird about it. But some of my other favorite things, I don't have one, but a hot logic oven, those are fairly cheap, I believe. And they heat, and I think they may cook as well. Do you know, do you have one? No, I don't have one, but I actually had that to talk about later too. So yeah. that's a, it's a really good one. It's basically like a lunchbox that you can plug in and it'll cook or just reheat any food that you have or keep food hot. Mm -hmm. The trick with that one though, is you're likely going to want to carry like either stainless steel dishes to reheat things in or glass dishware. And that then is like another thing that you have to bring. So something to keep in mind. How did you store your soups with the crock pot? Um, I put them in, I think, so for some of them, I put like in a glass Tupperware and brought it with me. But honestly, I just put it like I had it completely cooled and I just froze it in plastic. So and then, and then that's really terrifying to some people. And then I just waited until like I would just throw it in the fridge for like a couple hours or something, like until it kind of thawed. And then I put it in the crock pot from there. And I know it's like, oh my gosh, plastic. And it's really terrifying to some people. But honestly, you do the best that you can. And that's really hard. Like I struggle with that all the time. Like how to tell people like, uh, or just recommend to people like, no, this you should never do or this you should do. And honestly, it's, it's a really hard balance, especially in this community where people can get really sick if I just tell people like, oh, just be lax about gluten. Man. So it's hard. But for me, for just like freezing something in plastic, I don't think it's the end of the world. And I don't know. I see so many people online that freak out, I think, a little bit too much about certain types of plastic and then not others. So to me, it's like, if you're going to be, I don't know, if you're going to be using plastic, okay. If you're just freezing something in it and you're not heating something up in the plastic, it's not the end of the world. Totally agree. Yeah. Especially when it's like a, you know, on occasion thing like chocolate. Yeah. It's not everything that I'm eating. I'm having a plastic bag that I am heating in the microwave and eating it out of the bag. Mm -hmm. No, I think for me, it would be a lot more detrimental to go to a Wendy's and eat something there than freeze a bone broth soup in a plastic bag. 
Like, so yeah. Um, something else I really like, I have two different coolers that I travel with. One is a soft cooler that I can kind of like as like carry on that I throw over my shoulder. Um, and usually when I'm traveling alone, I'll have my roller bag. Like if I'm not, I hate checking. Daniel has to check everything. And like, he'll have like a jacket. He's like, where can I check this? I'm like, no, <laughs> there's two kinds of people in this world. He's the, let's check every bag. Like, how do I get rid of it? How do I get rid of it? Like, no, it's going to take forever. So I never check anything. So if I'm traveling alone, um, I have that shoulder bag and you can just go online and, um, on Amazon and look for just like a soft, cooler shoulder bag, something else that I have that when I'm traveling with him, so he has, he'll have the roller bag and I will, and when we're going for a long time. So like when we went to, um, when he was working in Key West last spring and I went with him and I worked there while he worked, um, and we stayed, there for like a week, I brought my rolling cooler, which is great because it's just like a rolling roller bag, but it's a cooler. So, um, and it is, you know, regulation size and stuff like that. So if you're going on a really long trip, um, going to the airport where you can afford to have that as your carry on, it's great. Yeah. We've already, I've already mentioned glass and stainless steel Tupperware, but that's a good thing to carry on in my opinion, if I was bringing a lot of individual meals, I would package them just like you said in, in Ziploc like freezer bags and then use the glass and stainless steel Tupperware, like reuse it. So that's the way you can like reheat your, your meals. Totally. So you're not reheating them in plastic. But then at the same time, you also don't have to like rinse out every single glass dish and then find a place to repackage it for and it's heavy to carry all that glass so right for me i only keep take like one to two glass things and then i freeze everything else in plastic or those silicone baggies or something like that Mm -hmm. well and then there are there's reusable silverware that you can bring with you What I actually really like doing is going to natural grocers and they have recyclable, I think they're actually decomposable silverware. And so it's just, it's some sort of plasticky type material that's not actually plastic and it decomposes. So I don't feel so bad about it. And again, that's just one last thing that I have to stress about like carrying a dirty like spoon or fork in my purse and then coming home to the hotel to make sure that I wash it and I just don't want to deal with that. So I like the the disposable stuff and there are better options out there for those. Yeah. Um, so stainless steel water bottle for sure. Activated charcoal tablets. I always take that with me when I travel. Um, we've talked about that before. I believe that that's not something that you want to take every time you eat because it does affect nutrient absorption, but that's if you go to a restaurant and you know, you got glutened or you start to feel bad or something that will help manage those symptoms. So you don't want to over rely on that, but it's good to have just as a backup. Um, and then I think the last thing to consider depending on where you're going is a water purifier. I had like, a safety straw or something like that when I went to Indonesia. And yeah, depending on where you're going, you definitely don't want a parasite. hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree with that. 
They have like tablets too, where you can like drop these little tablets in water and it'll purify it. Yeah. Water is the one that I would either, when we go, when we travel anywhere, and even if it's like to one of our family's houses, since they don't have the same water filter that we do, we always bring our own, if we're driving, we'll bring our own water. Or when we get there, we buy like a case of glass bottle bottled water because that is really important to me but I know that's not everybody's priority so if the priority to use to avoid plastic then that's your priority and my priority is water so everybody's different you just have to figure out what it what's yours let's move on to some food suggestions we're talking about foods that are AIP and paleo compliant, but just make sure that you are considering like your own protocol and, and how these would fit into that. Mm-hmm. But with proteins, some of our favorite suggestions for good travel proteins, Epic Bars, and for the AIP crowd, there are bison cranberry, and they also just found out that the liver epic bites are not like seasonal. Like I thought somebody emailed me and corrected me that you can buy them on thrive market. So I am placing my first thrive order like really soon. And it's going to have those freaking liver bites. Cause I love them so much. Any kind of jerky and then canned seafood. And again, this is something where maybe you're wanting to avoid canned fish, but if it's sustainably caught, it's wild caught protein, then it's a really good thing for you to carry. You can even get like bone-in salmon, which sounds kind of gross, but the bones are so, like they just kind of like powder down. So I usually mash it with a fork and then add like an avocado to it and some sea salt. And that's a really great, great meal. I do that too. Um, frozen foods. So you can prep these ahead of time, or you can purchase them from a place like Paleo on the Go has Paleo and AIP frozen foods. When you're packing those, actually, I think I, we're going to talk about that later. So we'll continue on. Love pork rinds. Epic has a really great pork rind, um, like a maple flavor. Michelle, fun mm-hmm. fact, Michelle actually, when we first met in in person for the first time, Michelle brought me maple pork rinds. <laughs> so sweet. Like I brought you an offering because you were just pregnant and I was like, I feel like pe- pregnant people need a lot of food. So here's food. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we were like out like all day. Like we had like our photo shoot for the podcast cover and then we went to the conference where it's like all paleo treats so yeah here is this thing that I had to hide from myself on my drive down to Austin so oh because they are so good and They're it's so like good. it's five servings but you no way. like eat the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, eat the whole thing they're really good you can also get collagen packets now vital proteins has like individual serving size packets that you can bring makes it really really easy I also, like if I'm just going, I guess I'm, I was just talking about not using a bunch of different glassware, but I like to like, if I am carrying my own collagen, I actually just put a serving into a tiny little baby food jar. We purchased baby food jars a long time ago, way before babies were even in our lives. And 
we use them for condiments and collagen and all of that. So if you wanted to not pay a little bit extra, you could just uh, portion out your own. Then there is prosciutto. Prosciutto is one of my favorites and smoked salmon. Oh, I salmon love those, mm -hmm. but smoked salmon is pretty expensive if you're getting like a good sustainable wild caught salmon. So yeah, something that's like a special food. Yeah. It's like if, um, I'm at a hotel or something like that and Daniel's eating a really special breakfast. I want that, but that's not just like whatever food, but, um, so snacks and stuff, um, dang coconut chips. I love those. I've been eating those a lot recently. Um, uh, you can get ones without any oils or without any sugar or anything. It's just like coconut chips, or you can make those at home too. It's pretty easy. That's simple. Um, that's it bars. I like those. Um, there, I, I brought those for, I did a blog post on about them recently and I tried a lot of their, they have a lot of flavors. So they're basically just bars that are like a fruit, like, and apples and just kind of like pressed into a bar. And it's really convenient. Like if you're traveling for a extended period of time, or you just don't have a lot of space, like to put an apple and a banana in my purse or something takes up a lot of space. But if I'm going to be on like a really long flight, just having like one of those is a lot more fresh and dry. What your, Sorry. What was your favorite flavor of the that's it? Bars? Um, I like the blueberry and apple. Those are just oh, some of my favorite fruits. So those are my favorites. Um, uh, fresh and dried fruits, apple chips. I really like, I think that dang has some of those too. I think that's the brand, but it's, or bear. I think it may oh, be bear. bear. Yeah. Bear. Yeah. Those are really good. And those are the kind of things that when I'm traveling with Daniel, like I'll get an extra bag of those and he really likes it. So those are good. Um, collagen bars. You got recipes on recipes for those. <laughs> yeah. You have to prep a little bit in advance and you likely wouldn't want to include the icing on them yeah. because that would melt. But they travel well. That's good. That's awesome. Um, there's those Primal Kitchen collagen bars, and I didn't like those. Well, I don't I like, like any I of them. Break my teeth on them. Terrible texture. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like it personally. They have other good stuff, but that I personally didn't like. On that same note, I also do not like the RX bar texture. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get what everybody loves about them. Yeah. I can't figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. Um, they do got cute packaging though. Like every time I see it, I'm like, I'm just going to hold it and just be like, hey, this little pink thing. But I bought them before for Daniel just so I could like carry it around the store. He's like, I don't like things. I'm like, shit, keep quiet. Um, plantain chips. You can make them at home. You can buy them. Um, brands that are made in palm oil. You want to be looking for that. The ones at Trader Joe's. They've got sunflower oil in them, um, not the ideal oil. Um, Artisan Tropics has good plantain chips. I've also made them at home. Cassava chips are really good too. I brought those when I went to Indonesia and oh my God, 
gosh. You can get like, so there are like those tortilla chips from Siete that everybody's really into, which those are kind of dangerous. They're not AIP, but they like, I'll just want to eat the whole bag for those. They're not AIP. They've got some stuff in them, but those are good. I don't know if I would travel with those. Cause like I said, it's just kind of a big bag, but, um, Jackson Honest Chips, you can get like smaller bags of those, sweet potato chips, AIP granola. We both have recipes for those that's good to travel with. Um, uh, you could crunch is also really good. Um, just a little cracker snack to have. Yeah, I think those, so the snacks is where I really like have a lot of experience with because like I said, most of my travel is to either James's family or my family. And so we both know what we can get while we're there. And we really just need the snack food for like the travel time. Yeah. So these are my go-tos. Yeah. All right. Then with fats. Now, fats are really important to bring with you because most often if you're going to be eating out, you're not going to find, you're going to find pro-inflammatory fats pretty much anywhere you, you eat. So bringing your own is really important. There are, you can find ghee that is packaged in like little tiny paper individual serving sizes. Ghee on the go from Fourth and Heart. Oh, is that, that's actually what it's called? Yeah, Ghee on the Go. It's from Fourth and Heart, and they sell it on their website. I don't know if you can get them in stores, but they have it in their usual flavors. They have a garlic one, they have their original, and they have a vanilla bean one. And, oh man, they're all so good. And that's so great for either if you're staying in an Airbnb and you don't want to buy like a whole thing of ghee when you're there and you're going to be cooking. That's really great. Or if you go to a restaurant and you have like steamed vegetables or something, mm-hmm. putting something like that garlic ghee on there. Or if you're getting a some sort of drink, putting the vanilla bean. Yeah. You can do the same thing. There's coconut oil packs. And mm-hmm. the packs are really – this is where – whereas the collagen, I'm kind of like, maybe you can package that up on your own. Throw like a bunch of different servings in a Ziploc bag and portion it out on your own. But with fats, it just makes it so much easier to be in these tiny little squeeze packs. You don't have to worry about like airplane travel with a jar that's too too many ounces or anything like that. You don't have to worry about like wasting it at the end of your trip if you purchase it when you get there. So coconut oil packs, they're coconut butter packs. To be honest, I've never tried the coconut butter packs, but that's mostly because I'm not a huge fan of coconut butter on its own. I really only like it in things because mm-hmm. it doesn't, I don't know, the texture. I think just, I'm the same way too. Yeah, but maybe the texture is better in those packets because it wouldn't be so hard. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. what I would guess. And then there are, you can also find olive oil travel packs. With olive oil though, I actually like to bring like my own little jars. I buy them at Whole Foods. They're blue, at Whole Foods anyway. It's like a blue glass jar and you can buy them ahead of time. And then you can fill those with like olive oil and vinegar and bring those with you. Just makes it really easy. There are also, just to get some good healthy fats in, you can bring your own avocados or purchase avocados when you get there. And there are also, these are great for the car, little travel packs of olives. And there are a ton of olives in there, like probably 30, so way more than a serving. But I'll eat the whole thing. They're so good. 
You can find those at any like health food store. So then some miscellaneous things that you might want to bring would be teas. You could bring your own matcha or whatever tea you like, coffee, yeah. so that you know that you're getting some fair trade coffee. And then spice blends. This is like a big one if you know you're going to be eating out at restaurants because you'll likely want to ask the restaurant to not season your food with anything other than potentially sea salt, but even that you may not want them to uh, season your dish with. So the spice blends that I've talked about before that I absolutely love are the AIP spice blends from Primal Palette. They have three different ones. Their breakfast blend is my absolute favorite, but they're all really good. So bringing that, and that way you can season your own dish and sea salt, like a high quality sea salt, bringing that with you. And then with, um, Michelle mentioned charcoal or earlier. I think that's a really, really good idea in case you feel like maybe you had some cross-contamination with something that you ate. I also really like gluten ease is a supplement if you feel like you got glutened and it's actually the enzyme that your body may be lacking in or not producing enough of to digest gluten. So it really, really helps. If I, even me with celiac and having like extreme reactions to it, if I catch it early enough, it helps tremendously. And then taking digestive enzymes, like a really high quality digestive enzyme. The brands of digestive enzymes I like, there's Enzymatica has a really good one. Um, Digest Gold, actually Enzymatica might be the one that produces Digest Gold. And then there's another one that I'm taking now. I think it's called Zygest. So it's Z-Y-G-E-S-T. Those are both really good ones. So taking those before you eat and then the glutenese and charcoal can be used if you feel like you are getting any type of cross-contamination. Awesome. All right. Let's move into tips for packing and traveling with food. So we're just going to kind of, we're running, running long on this episode. So let's um, go through this pretty quickly, but yeah, we talked about a lot of this. Yeah. um, Mostly what I wanted to talk about here was um, just keeping frozen foods on the bottom of your cooler. That's something Mm -hmm. that I learned fairly recently. And it, to me, I always thought that keeping something on top that was frozen would keep everything cold underneath, but you're actually supposed to put it on the bottom of the cooler. So Mm -hmm. the, those things could be like, either if you're not bringing any frozen food, just bringing an ice pack or bringing paleo on the go frozen meals would be really great. And then if you're, if you have any disposable bags instead of doing like plastic bags there are silicon bags that you can purchase that are zippable like sealable Mm -hmm. stasher is a good brand we have some that aren't stasher but i i don't know what the brand is so there are other options out there you can just look for like silicon bags and it's an alternative to a plastic baggie yeah so restaurants the important thing to remember is that they will not be cooking 99.999% of the time. They will not be cooking in a good oil. They'll be cooking canola oil or grapeseed oil or soybean oil. And they really think that that's a healthy oil. So if you ask them like, oh, what do you cook it? Like, oh, we cook a healthy thing. Like they won't, like you have to ask them like point blank, like, do you cook in canola oil? And sometimes they won't even know, like honestly, just 
assume the worst. And when you, so when you order something like out of a fryer or something like, like you definitely don't want to be doing that. You have to be thinking about cross-contamination everywhere in a restaurant. Shared grills, shared fryers is a huge one. Like even if they fry in a better quality oil and a deep fryer, um, if there's also like, if you're getting sweet potato fries, if there's also mozzarella sticks on the menu, that's a shared fryer. Um, you know, foods that, sorry, go on. Well, some places do have dedicated fryers. Sometimes they do, but they won't unless they tell you they do. Right. Very, yeah. Yeah. And even then it's probably a bad oil. So you really want to be careful. Mm -hmm. Um, food that, yeah. Food that's like served with somebody's hands. Like if, like a salad bar. Yeah. Like if people are touching, yeah. Touching things over again, if they're using the same utensils, like you really just want to be really careful about cross contamination. Mm -hmm. So, well, and with that, you can ask the person who's serving your dish, like, let's say you're going to a salad bar. That's not a build your own, but somebody else is doing it for you. You can ask them to change their gloves out, but at the same time, they're still, potentially like cross-contamination from the gloves they were using before beforehand things around. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you always want to be extra careful and people like we've talked about social, like if you go through our podcast, just, um, you know, library, we've talked about social outings and stuff like that. And there's always going to be people that are like, eh, what are you doing? But whatever. Um, you want to feel good. So if you have to be needy, whatever. So the best ways to do that, number one, calling ahead. And Elena talked on that talked about this on an episode, the first episode that she was on with us. And, um, she talked about, you know, calling a restaurant ahead saying, Hey, I have this, this, and this, what can you feed me? And putting together a meal like that. You definitely don't want to be having that conversation at 7 PM on a Saturday, like screaming to your waiter across the table, like I can't have night shades. Like that's not going to work. Um, so calling ahead and doing research. One of my favorite ways to do research, um, is like going on to Yelp and typing in something like New York and typing in something like nightshades or gluten-free or dairy-free or a lot of the time like vegan because it'll mean that it's, you know, dairy-free and egg-free, things like that. So doing your research ahead of time, for me, like sushi is always a good one because I can do rice or I'll have sashimi. Poke bowls are a good one too. Um, Hamburger, plate, sorry, seafood, yeah. Yeah, any seafood restaurant, typically you can like get boiled shrimp, like at at a minimum, you could get boiled shrimp and steamed veggies, add your own seasonings, add your own like fat to it. And that's like a good tasty meal. Yeah. Juice bars. I like that too. Cause I like to go and just be like, Hey, can you make a smoothie with this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and then add my own collagen in there. I like that. Exactly. Heck yeah. yeah. Like farm to table places, vegan, ve- vegetarian restaurants. Yeah. I think a really, a really good resource and I'll try to find it and link it. Um, Phoenix Helix. She did a massive blog post about like all paleo and like AIP restaurants so it's an amazing resource. Places out there, there are places that exist, but you have to do your research. Mm-hmm. Steakhouses, you can often find um, some good options there as well. Again, you may not be ordering directly off the menu. You may have to kind of customize things. Just tell, like, see what they have, see what 
proteins and veggie options they have and then just ask them to prepare it maybe in a different way without any oils, um, in a clean saute pan rather than on the grill, things like that. And that's kind of what you want to look for at hamburger places because a lot of times the grill, they will toast the buns Buns, on the grill. So making sure that they have an option to cook your protein in a different way and then just place it with like fresh veggies or something rather than a bun. And for me, I always just tell people like, don't put anything on it, put nothing on this. Like, just give me, like, if I'll ask for a bunless burger be like, okay, just give me a bunless burger. And then it'll come out with like pickled jalapenos on it. And like, I really can't touch this after you put this on there. Like you're going to have to make this again. Sorry. (laughs) Like just, it drives me crazy when people do that or like, I just asked for like this very specific thing and they put all this other stuff all over it. So just be very firm. Like, I just want this burger. I just want this. I was at this place in DC when me and my friend went this past year and ooh, it made me mad, but um, it was a good place. And I was like, okay, give me a bunless burger, just the burger, like with this arugula and whatever the heck else I had. He's like, so you don't want any chili peppers? Like, no you don't want any of this. Like, no, no. He's like, well, it's going to be bland. Like, this is how I live my life. Like, I don't care if you think it's bland. Like, you don't, don't tell me you think it's bland. Like I was so annoyed. I was just like, just bring it out. (laughs) I was so annoyed. It's not going to be good. Like, don't blame me if it's bad. Like, me not, but yeah. So hammer that in even it, ugh, I, I had one it, and there will always be bad experiences at restaurants. Even you can do all the preparation in the world. I worked at a lot of restaurants in college, um, waited at a lot of tables and I saw some really sketchy things in some where people would be like, I'm dairy free. And they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm good. Yeah. Whatever. In kitchens, you can't really trust anybody a hundred percent. I had one time where it's like, it was a work party and like we called ahead of time and you know, the office manager had given her, given them all of my things Said, you know, she can't have this, she can't have that. Da, 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 da. This is the very specific thing. And then it comes out and there was like a big piece of toast on my salad. I'm like, no, you have to remake this. And they're like, okay. And they so obviously like went in the back and took the toast out and then come out. And then there's just like a toast indentation of crumbs still on the salad. It's like, no, like you. So to me, I am very, very selective about the restaurants that I do eat out at. I don't eat at just like any plate. Like, I will go to places like Springbone in New York, Picnic in Austin, um, places like that that are like, we are paleo places. Like we understand what nightshade allergies are. Like for me, it's just not worth it because so many restaurants, like no tea, no shade, but it's like, I feel like we can cook better than a lot of these people. Like, <laughs> I'm like I have better food at home. Like, I don't know. Like, as, especially when you're like just stripping away like the pizza and the bread and stuff. Like if you're just giving me a boneless burger, like it's not worth me getting cross-contaminated over that. It's just not. So a lot of the times I'll just eat before and sit there and be happy. So yeah, yeah. that's my rant. <laughs> there, sometimes you can also find like a small something to eat there. And that way you're still feeling like you're eating with the family or- yeah friends or whatever, but like a side salad and then bring my own sardines. I do that a lot. So I don't know. I always lean on the side of trust no one with restaurants. 
because <laughs> I've worked in enough to know that they're shady people. And well, on that note, there's also one thing that I've seen a lot is people coming in almost with like a sense of entitlement when they, yeah. when they talk to their servers or they talk to the manager or whatever beforehand and they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, well, I'm whole 30. And they just expect somebody to want to accommodate that. So don't go in feeling like just because you are in the health universe and you feel like every single person knows what the whole 30 is and what that means and what paleo is and what AIP is. Like assume that these people know absolutely nothing. And instead of giving them a big long list of what you cannot have, you make suggestions off the menu that yeah. look like they could be compliant and then be sure to ask like, does that come with wheat bread? Does that come with croutons? Does it come with spices? Can you do it without the spices? Things like that. So instead of like feeling like they need to know all of this information and be able to give you suggestions coming in and, and doing that for yourself, like taking ownership of it. For sure. Another place that, well, so we talked about going to Yelp. Yelp is really good, just like you said, with being able to search for like gluten-free. If a place has a gluten-free menu, it's likely that they're going to have a little bit more knowledge on like dairy-free options and just being able to have accommodations happen. So um, even if they don't have like full-on AIP menu, which is very unlikely, they they uh, could have good options for you. So those are places that I would recommend. Uh, the last thing that I would talk about is bringing your own fats, which we talked about earlier, but also bringing your own coconut aminos. And mm. there are actually travel packs of coconut aminos now. Easy peasy. So we hope that was helpful, everyone. If you have any follow-up questions, email us at unboundhealing at gmail.com. And one more thing before we slide into the meal of the week, um, while you're on your computer, uh, reviews are really, really, really helpful. Reviews and ratings and iTunes are super helpful. And I updated my iPhone recently, and they're way easier to do it in the podcast app now. Um, it's just a lot more convenient. So it takes... Like if you're doing it from your phone or your computer, like two minutes max, maybe. And it just helps us a ton in other people just be able to find it. And that's our goal with this podcast, just to be able to help other people with it, help build community. And obviously it puts a big old smile on our face and yeah, doesn't cost you nothing other than two minutes of your time. So we really appreciate, even if you just say like, Hey, cool beans podcast like you don't need to write anything crazy if like crazy long if you are pressed for time just anything like that we really appreciate it you actually don't in the the app update you don't need to even right yeah you can write just anything hit um a star i mean i always love reading them and they yeah like, me too the warmest of fuzzies so we really appreciate it for sure. And yeah, so we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, just as always, thank you guys for your support, for listening, for like, it just makes me the, the happiest little clam in the ocean when, <laughs> that's weird. 
Um, when I log into Instagram or wherever and I see somebody like, Hey, this is what I'm listening to right now. Or like, or, Hey, this said like a helpful thing. Like, you know, from our angle, like I am literally just sitting at my desk, staring out my window at squirrels for an hour every week. And to think (laughs) that, um, you know, what we sit here and do, uh, you know, just has an impact on your guys's life. And it's just amazing. And just, uh, it's just a blessing and a privilege and an honor to be able to support you guys with things that we've gone through as well. And it's just really great. So thank you for your support with or without reviews. We appreciate it. Yes. All right. My meal of the week is a shout out to Michelle. So she has her poppers and I'm sure everybody in the universe has tried the poppers before (laughs) me, but I was like, did not want to shred a bunch of potatoes. So she told me, thankfully, that I could put it in a food processor. So I dug out my food processor and made four pounds of beef and four cup, four pounds of pork and four cups of shredded sweet potato poppers for breakfast. And my husband ate them all in four days. Wow. (laughs) No, five days. And I had a few, but OMG. So put those into like single size packages, single serving packages. I just sent him mistakenly with like a big old Tupperware of him of them. And so he just ate like seven at a time and they're bigger. I made ours bigger. Anyway, they were delicious. Yay. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you like them. Yeah. And they're so easy. Like the thing is, it's like Michelle gives you the basic recipe, but then I didn't have a lot of the ingredients. And so I just kind of like swapped things in and out and they were still amazing. Yeah, and totally. So, yeah, just go to our website, pick one, give it a shot, even if you don't have all the ingredients. I'm sure. Yeah, even if great. you got an extra thing, you want to throw spinach in there, you want to season it with something different. There are a lot of different options. And I'll have to tell you about the other one that I have up my sleeve right now. I'm so excited. But ah. yeah, thank you so much. All right, guys, that's it for this week. You can email us at the email that I said earlier and we'll answer your questions and stuff. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Unbound Healing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes and leave us a review. Until next time, you can find more from me and at grassfedsalsa.com and more from Michelle at unboundwellness.com. We'll see you next week. Bye.